Thank you, John, for that prayer this morning. Thank all of you for being here. I love Christmas time. It is a great time of celebration, and it is also a very sacred time. And I want to thank all of you for um, carving out time to be with us, to worship with us, to honor and exalt Christ with us. Thank you so much to, to Pastor Mike, our pastor of music and technology, to our choir, to our readers this morning in making this a very special time. And I want to share from the Word of God with you this morning. These last couple of weeks, we've been looking at very familiar passages of Scripture, and we will do so again this morning. I would like you to turn to Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, and verses 8 through 14. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, and verses 8 through 14. And this is what we read. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Well, our first point this morning is an ordinary day. On an ordinary day, during an ordinary night, in an ordinary city, God sent an angel to earth to make one of the most incredible announcements in the history of the world. And I want you to understand this morning that everything about that day was ordinary. In verse 8, it says, And in the same region there were shepherds, out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. This is what the shepherds did day in and day out. They would protect and guard their sheep. It was their job. It was their heritage. It was their occupation. It's just like you. You get up morning after morning and you go to your job. You go to your school. If you're a stay-at-home mom or a retired person, you go about a fairly similar routine day in and day out. It was just like that, a very ordinary day. There was nothing to signal that this was coming. No sirens went off. There was nothing to forewarn them. And in verse 9 it says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with with great fear. As I have shared with you so many times, the problem with familiar passages of Scripture and the fact that we hear these Christmas passages over and over again is sometimes we just lose our sensitivity. We lose our childlikeness. We lose our innocence. And I want you to try to enter into this 
with all of the innocence and childlike faith that you can possibly muster this morning, an angel of the Lord appeared to these shepherds out in the field, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. An angel appeared. Now, as we look from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation throughout the entire Bible, angelic appearances were very rare. They did happen, but they were rare. But for an angel to appear and the glory of the Lord to shine around him was unprecedented. It was almost unheard of. And so there is, we don't know how many, this group of shepherds and a real angel sent from heaven shows up to them. And this great light, we don't know exactly what it was like, but the glory of the Lord. It is the Shekinah glory of the Lord signaling that the very presence of God is near them. And they were afraid. They were filled, the Bible says, with great fear. I would have been afraid. You would have been afraid. This was an incredible scene. Verse 10 says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Don't be afraid. I want you to know that I bring you good news. But not just good news. And I want you to hold on to this throughout this entire message. I bring you good news of great joy. I have come to bring a message filled with joy. That will be for all the people. Now, last Sunday morning we looked at the coming of the wise men. And I shared with you that the coming of the wise men was a representation of all the nations coming to Jesus. People from all around the world coming to the Savior, which they are still doing today. Matthew 2 is a great missionary passage, and so is this. Don't miss it. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the ethne, for all the people groups of all the world. I want you to know what I'm going to announce is not just for you, not just for Israel, but it is for all people. And then in verse 11, he says, the angel says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Verse 11 may be one of the most content-filled, power-packed verses in the entire Bible. For unto you is born this day, this ordinary day. A birth has taken place in a very ordinary town in the city of David in Bethlehem. Not a great city at that time. A small town. Bethlehem. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior has come, the Anointed One, the One who is going to bring salvation. Not salvation from the oppression of the Romans that the Israelites were experiencing at this time, but a Savior 
who was going to save them from their greatest oppression, and that was their own sin. He was going to save them from sin. He was going to save them from death. He was going to come to give them new life. And this Savior is the Christ. This Savior is the Messiah. Just as Gabriel announced to Mary, he will be the Son of the Most High. He will sit on the throne of his father David. He will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Yes, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. He is God. For unto you is born this ordinary day in the small town of Bethlehem, a Savior. And he is the Messiah. And he is God. And in verse 12 it says, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And there is this great, beautiful, majestic contrast. You would think after, the, after verses 8 through 11 that the angel will say, Go and find a man riding on a great stallion in a great palace among the rich and the wealthy. But no, this is where you will find him. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in an animal feeding trough. Perhaps the lowliest, meekest, most humble place on the face of the earth. But you see, on this ordinary day, in this ordinary night, in this ordinary town, everything was going to change. The world would never again be the same because the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies had taken place, and now it was being announced. It is Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law. The time was now. The fullness of time had come. But it's in verses 13 and 14 that I really want us to focus on this morning. There are, the angel makes two very important announcements. And the purpose of this is found in these two angelic announcements. The angelic announcement's first and most important purpose was God's glory. In verses 13 and 14, we read, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, again, with your childlike innocence and imagination, there is one angel 
with bright, shining, Shekinah glory, the light of the Lord. And now, suddenly, I love that word, verse 13, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. And when the Bible says a multitude, it's because it means they are countless. So it doesn't say, and suddenly ten other angels appeared, and suddenly a hundred other angels appeared. It says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude, a countless number of the heavenly host. I can't even imagine how majestic, transcendent, enthralling this must have been. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Praising God. What a scene. And first, they give glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. This was all being done for the glory of God. And we see the glory of God in this scene in at least three different ways. There are probably more. But God is glorified in demonstrating his control over all creation and all heavenly beings. God was moving heaven and earth to make this announcement. He sends an angel. He sends a multitude of angels. They praise God. God controls the entire universe, and they glorify him, and they glorify him. Second, God is glorified in his love and concern. God has come for you. God has come for me. God is concerned about you. God is concerned about me. Let it be known that the God of heaven and earth is not indifferent. He is not aloof. He is not busy doing something else. He is concerned about this world, and he is concerned about you. But most of all, God is glorified because we were dying. All mankind was dying, and he had come to save us. So he is glorified in the fact that he sent a Savior. He was sending your Savior. He was sending my Savior. He was sending Jesus or sent Jesus into the world so that we might be saved from our sins, so that we might know God, so that we might have eternal life. Everything, everything in this passage shouts glory to God in the highest. Well, our second point this morning is peace and joy. The first and or the angelic announcement's first purpose is to bring glory to God. The angelic announcement's second purpose was to proclaim a real and lasting peace among those who would believe and be saved by this child. Again, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace. He has come to bring peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, the English Standard Version, the ESV, which I'm using this morning, has an excellent translation. It should be translated just like this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is 
pleased. This peace does not come to everyone. Please know that this morning. This peace is for those who will believe and receive the salvation that will be provided by this child. Let me say that again. This peace is for those who will believe and receive the salvation that will be provided by this child. The Bible speaks of at least three kinds of peace. First, this child came to bring us peace with God. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says that before we came to Christ, we were dead in our trespasses and sin. It says we followed the ways of Satan. It says that we were sons of disobedience and children of wrath. In Isaiah 53 and verse 6, it says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. We were at odds with God. We were enemies of God. But this child came to bring us peace with God. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified means to be declared righteous in the sight of God, to be given the righteousness of Christ so that we stand before God clean. It means this. We have been saved by a Savior, so we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Second, this child came to bring us peace within, a real experiential peace within. In Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, it says to us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Because we have peace with God, we can have peace within. When you are anxious, when you have panic attacks, when you are afraid, when you get angry, when you get discouraged, when you get depressed, when you feel hopeless, when you feel out of control, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus came to bring you a supernatural peace within, a peace that can only be experienced by those who know Christ as Savior. Third, this child came to bring peace with others. In Romans 12:18 it says, "If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all." In the New International Version it says, "As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone." I love that. Live at peace with everyone. Ephesians 4:32 says, "Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another." as God in Christ forgave you. The greatest gift, perhaps, that you could give to our world this coming year, to our culture, to our country, is to try as much as it depends on you to live at peace with everyone. 
to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God forgave you in Christ. Oh, in this divided, conflicted world where people are at each other's throats, you can make a huge difference by trying to live at peace with one another. And I want you to see the progression here. It is so important. First, we have peace with God. And because we have peace with God, we have peace within. And because I have peace within, I can be at peace with you. I can forgive you. I can disagree with you. You can disagree with me. Oh, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, peace among those with whom he is pleased. My final thought thought for this morning is joy to the world. The Lord is come. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. John MacArthur said this. He said that Christmas could be summed up in four words. Four words. The word became flesh. The word became flesh. He said we talk about the inn the manger, the stable, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the angels, the wise men, the star, they're all important. They're all important, but at the heart and soul and core of Christmas is this, the word became flesh. God became a man. God became a our Savior. In John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, 14 says, The Word became flesh. In verse 10 of our text this morning, the angel said to them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy. God came to bring us an unspeakable joy last week. Last week in Matthew 2, as we looked at the wise men who came to visit Mary and the child. In Matthew 2.10, it says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. The quadruple description of joy. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house... They saw the child was Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Oh, we can say this morning from the depths of our being, joy to the world. Jesus came to save us from sin and death. Joy to the world. Jesus came to bring us peace with God. Joy to the world. Jesus came to give us eternal life, everlasting life. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart, let every heart prepare him room. And let all heaven and nature sing. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Jesus, who brings exhilarating joy for those who receive him as Savior. 
I pray for every Christmas celebration, for every family represented here this morning. May Christ be the center. May Christ be the focus. Fill them. Oh, I pray for every family here. Fill them with the joy of the Lord in their hearts and in their homes. In Jesus' name, amen.